Speaking the truth to the state capitol, this is Drive Time Lincoln with the commander, Jack Rickens, on the voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, folks, Drive Time Lincoln, June 30th, which is a Thursday. That is today. I'm your host, Jack Riggins. <laughs> Johnny Cadillac is producing the show. Uh, I'm scanning, have been scanning today, uh, different news stories, local, national, from all around. And, uh, you know, sometimes I just come in and I'm like, could somebody call in with a feel good story? Because I don't look for feel good stories. I'm not a, I'm not a guy on radio or just generally in my life where I'm like looking. Now I sit around plenty, like when I'm relaxing, and I, I, I tend to love uh, just sitting and watching trees and birds, and uh, I've got some, oh, hawks. I, I love watching hawks, and I, so nature for me is one of those things that just kind of chills me out, and I dig it. Um, but, uh, I came in and, and Johnny, I know, uh, I know we'll get to your question in a minute. Cause I know you do have one. Oh, do I? Oh, well, I know you do. <laughs> um, but anyway, it is, it is drive time Lincoln. And I guess I want to thank everybody, uh, first time callers, especially yesterday on whatever Wednesday, cause it was really, really a good success. And I will continue to, uh, invite and hope that more first time callers, uh, will call in. And I thought it gave us a lot of, you know, s- similar but unique perspectives from citizens in Lincoln and Lancaster County. Because clearly, as the host, I think it's impossible on these topics at times to not sound repetitive. Uh, trust me, I'm one of the f- first people on national media pundits to uh, lose my mind because of the repetitive nature of sometimes either side of the aisle what they're talking about. And uh, and we have a lot of callers that are passionate. So for the first time callers, I really appreciate it. And I had to I had to ask Johnny again, are we having a show Friday? Because, you know, in the office here, the big office broadcast house, we got to put up signs for everybody else because Johnny and I are just kind of two of the least important people here, to be honest with you. And uh, (laughs) I mean, you know, we come in and do the show, but everybody else really does the hard work. And uh you know, I guess the office is closing down a little bit Friday, but we will be here. We are going to come in on a ghost town and yeah. still wonder if there's a show. And then you're going to come in and I'll be like, yes, there is a show. Okay, I'm turning your show. mic live on at 5.06. There is a show. And what's planned is we may have a special guest uh, talking about voter ID and the petition. And we will have first time caller Friday again, uh, different from the uh, whatever Wednesday. So if the guests cannot make it in. Then we will uh, just go with first time caller Friday, and we'll just let it fly. I always think, as you know, seriously. I, I guess I didn't ever have to get into talking politics on this show. KLIN's been great about uh, giving us a free kind of canvas to paint whatever we want, uh, but we do, and uh, that has led then down to you know trying to understand voting and all this. And so, anytime there's an election. Um, I find some of it fascinating, as you know, and I try to report and give some an analysis. Um, but it's also interesting to hear the other side or other uh, media outlets talking about it. So I'm going to talk a little bit more about the Mike Flood first ditch district race um, and the vote on Tuesday because, you know, more people have chimed in 
And interesting enough, I know, Johnny, I think it's a good question that the audience would enjoy, too. You had a question, which is where this all started with uh, Jeff Fortenberry, because, um, you know, at the same time we saw his sentencing this week. And um, and that's how this special election that hasn't happened since 1951 came about. And, you know, now we voted on it and. um Mike Flood will will be a congressman for Nebraska for six months, and he'll have a general election in November. Uh, same two candidates, unless yep. there's a write-in candidate. I haven't went to look yet. But, Johnny, the question was, give it to me again. I, I, I just, I'm trying to think of the best wording, is how, how you felt about, so we had caller Johnny call in the other day, and he thought that Fortenberry's sentencing was, uh, just the bare minimum. Like they, they got off super. Oh super yeah, easy. and he said, you know, and, the rich get away with. Yeah, yeah and, he's I mean, kinda, he's, okay. So to me, I thought he was fortunate enough that he isn't getting sentenced. So he's not going to be facing prison time. And then it kind of struck me as a little odd when I heard that he's still yet going and appealing the the sentence he did get. Gotcha. Well, okay. I got it. So you're saying, hey, okay, the sentencing was the sentencing. Uh, Johnny, caller Johnny thought it was light. I thought it was pretty pretty fair for the the whole thing. So Johnny was upset, I think, also. And, and I've heard from other people because a lot of uh, people around the state and right here in Lincoln uh, wrote letters of recommendation basically on the character. Um, again, with my background in the military, um, I know in our cases and court martials, we always take uh, – service and conduct if you will under advisement for um essentially sentencing and and that's very much the same of what was going on with uh Jeff Fortenberry as I understand it to your question he's always uh remained in his camp that they would appeal and that um he was innocent and so i think that in the sentencing for me, it's just normal procedure if someone feels that way and if someone has the means to continue um, to use the legal recourse, because that's what this is. It is a legal um, mechanism that's totally fair, totally the way the United States is, is nothing you know, abnormal um, to do that. And so, you know, if you felt you were innocent, um, if you... Um, had the sentencing and again had uh, the means and the ways to say hey i i disagree with this sentencing you know and try to get it reduced um that's normal so i see that just as normal everyday stuff that most of it goes by our heads because people and again i don't even think i've said this but my father that raised me um was a whole career in probation here in the state and so I grew up at least here in the lingo. Um, so very common in even in minor crimes and other crimes for people, you know, doing and using the same legal recourse, if you will. Does that make sense, Johnny? Yeah, I'd say so. Okay. Um, it, and it does. It happens all the time. You're like, hey, I think that's a pretty hard sentence. And, and oftentimes it's just lawyers, right? I mean, they're meeting in back rooms between prosecutors and lawyers, whether it be trying to, you know, and I know Jack Mitchell's a 
lawyer, former lawyer. I'm not sure how to describe. I don't think it's probably like nobody's ever a former lawyer. I guess um, if you're, you know, you might not be in the bar or whatever, but, uh, you know, to me, very normal stuff. There. I, I guess it just kind of struck me as odd. and I, I should probably study more into all this because I was I was under the understanding on Tuesday going into Tuesday that the the verdict was guilty. And so he was like, there wasn't anything that can be done now. He just has to get whatever sentence he's given and run with it. And so the fact that he was still able to appeal is odd. But like, and I told you before we went on air, like if I was in his shoes, and of course I'd still want to fight for as little punishment as I get, especially if I feel that I'm innocent in the whole thing. So I get that. And you, you did bring up to me as well that he already has the punishment of he lost his position in Congress. So yeah, that's one. And then of course the probation, the community service and the $25,000 fine. So, you know, I I think that's pretty normal. Anytime it's a celebrity, anytime it's a public figure, um, you know, it, it's going to play out, and we're going to all be interested for a little while. And it's the same thing. I mean, a lot of callers yesterday wanted to know about Tammy Ward, you know, our city councilwoman, and her cited for DUI earlier this week. Um, no more information that I'm aware of. I've checked with the newsroom several times. Um, again, um, I, the information we have, you know, she she did get she had to go get some treatment um, for her injuries in the car accident. But uh, so we wish her well. But yeah, I mean that's going to play out here at least in the public a little bit, uh, right? And I think that that's uh, that's just the way it is. But no, this this stuff happens. Uh, that's why our job. I mean, you hear me say it all the time. I I'm actually a fan of the justice system, um, and the innocent until proven guilty, and and what we've created in the United States. Um, because I think it works, and when we see mass failings, uh, we tweak it a little bit. I guess, you know, when you think about uh, some of the uh, children's courts and some of the diversion programs and or mental health programs, or programs that, you know, are giving different abilities for someone to learn and use the incident, the crime, as a learning example, you know, those have grown exponentially over the last 30 years and i think that there's a lot of merit to some of those programs right opposed to just jail <laughs> you know and uh and we have to remember that i mean that uh, the idea hopefully is that you know there can be some learning as an individual human being as a society and some remediation as we used to call it in the military um to make you come back and be a productive citizen Ah, that Paul. Is that really that Paul? Well, let's just find out. That Paul, welcome to Drive Time Lincoln. Also known as the JG. Always here trying to help you, Commander. Oh, JG, appreciate it. Okay, what have I messed up in nautical uh, terms today? Oh, no, nothing nautical. Uh, actually, I'd probably have to defer to you because your career was much longer and more. Oh, do you know something, though? Are you a lawyer by any trade? I'm a lawyer. There you go. Thank you. Well, what what have we messed up on Jeff Fortenberry's deal? Well, even though he's been found guilty, he can appeal the guilty Correct. part of this as well. Yes. And that was something that would seem to be a little bit of confusion uh, there with your cohort. Well, I probably didn't say it very accurately, but you're absolutely right. Yeah. And so that's what his whole thing is. Uh, the biggest point, which I've been full for the entire time, is like, well, where did this crime uh, get committed? It happened here in Lincoln and or D.C., so why is this happening out in California? <laughs> well, I don't. I, I don't question as to whether or not 
maybe he is actually guilty of this and that the venue possibly doesn't matter, but, well, that's a grounds for appealing the action. Yeah, you bring up a good point. I I don't know how much you're following it or, you know, talk to, but I, I, I can't lie. Since it happened, you know, I've heard a lot of what we would say in the Navy is scuttlebutt or rumors. Yeah. I've heard a lot of different things um, from Democratic operatives to conservative operatives to independents on some behind-the-scenes stuff. Um, and, you know, one, you can't verify it, or I can't. Yeah. Um, but I do find your question about the simplicity of the crime – and the fact that it went all the way back out to California, I haven't seen anything legally, you know, once it's gone to case, that's strange. I mean, it just kind of, to me, follows the same thing. But I always have thought on that question, and I'm glad you brought it up, it's very odd. That's what I'm going to say. It's very odd the way the FBI went about it. And I think anybody would tell you that. I think it's very odd uh, you know, kind of, I hate to say it, but the targeting and trying to find and then, you know, what happened that led to the eventual charges and and where this all occurred, right? And, and then, of course, to have it tried out there. And I'm sure uh, Jeff Fortenberry's lawyers are looking into all that. It's just, uh, what, what do we call that, circumstantial evidence or just something to say, you know, because he's remained, uh, again, he's always presumed innocence, that yeah. um, that this was odd. Yeah, and I can't really give much other help to you because I'm, a, I'm a, actually a bankruptcy attorney, so I don't do anything. Yeah, but you know law. what I'm saying. I mean, yeah. I, I think the key word, the only key word that keeps coming to me over the last six, eight Thank months. you. Is, is that everybody talks to me is the venue and, and odd. It seems odd. Yeah. The whole thing. And, uh, I, you know, obviously they're doing what they need to do. Um, you know, they did find him guilty. I, I think the sentencing was fair based on everything. Oh, yeah. He's appealing the sentence. He is. As an attorney, you, you slap the client that says, I, I think this is too heavy. Are yeah. you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, I, I think at some point they want to move on and, uh, but it's interesting. And I, I think, uh, for just every, everyday Joe, one of the things I always try, even with my kids, I mean, I try to talk about just how the law works and how being a lawful citizen, but also knowing your rights and knowing where sometimes it can, it can go wrong in, in our, in our great process. Oh, sure. Well, hey, thanks for the call, JG Paul. Hey, thank you, sir. Thank uh, you for your service. Yeah, you too, man. Take care. You got to be careful when it either uh, Lieutenant JG folks, which is in the United States Navy, would be our second uh, officer rank uh, because they're bright as heck. They're sharp. Um, they're usually newly qualified and trained, which means they know every rule in the book that, you know, we've taught them will get you killed. So they know it to a T. They don't have a lot of experience yet, but. They are the greatest, and oftentimes, you know, they're the guys and gals that save us older guys from doing stupid things because they know all that stuff, and uh, it's the same thing. I don't think anything worries me more than uh, as a former uh, naval officer when a JG or an ensign calls in, and I don't think we've had an ensign yet, um, or 
or in the United States Navy, it'd be a it'd be a chief, uh, a chief, a senior chief, or a master chief. So your senior NCOs, because you know it's a great working relationship, and uh, all those folks know their stuff. It's always nice uh, to talk to somebody who's uh, got a little nautical history here in in Nebraska, because there's not many of us, is there, Johnny? <laughs> yeah, correct. Yeah, you're like yeah, yeah. Yeah, of course there's not. I've got to get my mic on. <laughs> okay, the other the other thing, this is more national. We'll talk about it. We're coming up on the break, but I, I find it funny. I said yesterday, a lot of people, you're upset. Oh, I have to say, my email's down because I haven't downloaded this Microsoft app for security. It's my fault. Who who would have thought, right? I mean, I, just to do my KLIN. Uh. You're getting the 411 from DTL with Commander Jack Riggins on 1499.3 KLIN. Oh, man. Good call by Paul. Um, yesterday on the show, I, uh, I ended the show with this column that's been gaining some traction um, around national from the L.A. Times. Yes, those buffoons. Yes, those buffoons at the L.A. Times, as I called them. And the headline... Is California ready for more black people to legally carry guns in public? That's embarrassing to me just as an American, right? And I've read the article, right? And I can't believe that that would make it through any editorial staff. Um, And obviously this is in response to the Supreme Court's uh, decision in the Second Amendment. And so we're going to talk more about that. But, it, it, yes, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rant when we come back on second segment. So if you don't like the rant, don't listen. I, I'm going to talk about how important it is that any society gets away from seeing color and talking about color and talking about human beings, okay, and people. Um, I, it, it is, in my opinion, one of the most tragic things that's happened or rehappened in America lately. And it doesn't help anyone and it doesn't help any decision. The other thing is I want to talk more about uh, Lancaster County and the conservative vote uh, versus the democratic vote in the Mike flood, Patty Pansy Brooks uh, first congressional district Tuesday special election that happened Um, Because I think we're in for some very exciting times as we get to the general and then uh, eventually in the spring to more city races. And it's all starting to build now. 1400. Drive Time Lincoln with the commander, Jack Riggins, on the voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, Drive Time Lincoln Thursday, June 30th. We're on our second segment here, and I know we've got a caller. We'll get you in just one second. Uh, Jeff Fortenberry, a little bit, just some legal chit-chat between a couple of folks, a couple of callers. Uh, We're enjoying that, um, as it really does, you know, it's kind of recent history that has just led us into the special election, which we just had, and Mike Flood got elected. Um, And now, you know, we've had some election breakdown here and voting breakdown. We're going to do a little bit more. Um, But I also want to want to roll through this uh, story with the LA times and their just egregious headlines um, <laughs> that says, is California ready for more black people to legally carry guns in public? It, listen, it's a terrible headline. The story's not that bad. I'll break it down. I'll talk about it. I'll talk about uh, how I just don't like 
seeing color. I don't like hearing color. I like talking about people, human beings, Americans, you know, et cetera, et cetera. I, I think it's just, it's like we're just shoot, literally shooting ourselves in the foot on a lot of these issues uh, when we go straight race. But uh, let's get to Janet on line one who's called in. Janet, welcome to Drive Time Lincoln. Hi. Hello. How are you? You're live on air. Okay. Thank you. Oh, uh, well, I just wanted to say, um, do you believe that Jeff Fortenberry would be able to run for anything again? Um, we just saw him today, actually, ran into him and, uh, wondering why that trial was in California. Um, I just believe he's been railroaded big time, you know, a lot. And, um, you know, you know, although we like Mike Flood, you know, um, I just feel like, you know, they didn't take any uh, time to do anything about, you know, Biden's deal, you know, or any of that kind of thing. But, uh, you know, uh, what, what was the reason they did it in California? I mean, uh, we saw him and we told him we'd pray for him. Mm-hmm. And we just told him, you know, Jesus moves mountains, and I know he does. So, uh yeah, a couple of a couple of good questions and thoughts. I mean, I I definitely do hear a lot of folks that uh, feel there is some political stuff behind it. Um, obviously, that hasn't been proved, but I think there's a lot of folks out there that definitely think you know the terms that I hear a lot are railroaded or political hit job. Um, nobody right. nobody really goes deeper into it as to I always like to try to find out the why. Um, but, but there's a sentiment out there. I I think that's fair. Um, I think in time, you know, it'll, it'll subside unless there's new evidence. Um, as I recall, um, that is, I guess, where it was filed due to, uh, where one of the fundraisers was that he met these people or where maybe the calls were made from. I mean, it was really, Uh and there were a couple of other, I think, congressmen or senators as well. And, uh, you know, you have to dig deep in the story and they all kind of, you know, they turned back the money when they found out. Um, and and so they did the right procedural thing f- if there was a mistakes in the donations. And uh-huh. and he was accused, of course, he's accused of lying to federal investigators. Um, yeah. So, he, you know, it's not like he was taking money. The, you know, they found out the money was basically wrong and they, they gave it back. And there were other uh, elected officials uh, around the nation that did the same thing from the same donor, as I understand it. Um, but but I think it has to do with essentially uh, maybe where the action came from or where it was filed, if that makes sense. It was filed um, out there. And uh, and I know they tried to get the trial moved to Nebraska or somewhere, and yeah, it just didn't get done. Um, so, I mean, you know, I, there's no doubt about it. There's a lot of Nebraskans that have asked a lot of questions about that, and um, and I agree with you. I'm I'm happy that Mike Flood won, um, right. and I I wish the best for Jeff Fortenberry, and that this kind of goes away because, um, you know, clearly it's a mistake. Um, as we all understand it, but I, you know, I don't know how much of it was, you know, all necessarily legitimate. 
Well, I, yeah, I know. I just wonder if they'll ever get to the bottom of it. But, to, you know, just to say he was nice as ever today, you know, he's always um, sent out flyers of what he was going to do, you know, for his meetings and all that, you know, before. And he was really thorough in it. So, yeah, I, I think he did uh, from everybody I've talked to and I've met him a few times. I mean, he did a bang up job representing the first district and uh you know, uh-huh. um, nothing but uh, praise for him and hope. Um, and obviously, you know, clearly, you know, court law has said he was guilty. It's a mistake. But again, we, we you know, we have a uh, congresswoman right now that's in the middle of a mistake with a cited for DUI. So these things I happen. Know it. And I, uh, that's true. And, you know, they should be fair for all of them, not just, you know let some people go by and, well you know, right and that's what gets so frustrating because we do know there's uh especially the kind of the bigger and more famous you are there's a lot of politics i mean we're watching you know a lot of that has happened with president trump it's happening with president biden i mean you have the january 6th thing going on right now um oh, they're looking for you know oh, they, problems. i think that are just ridiculous well yeah I mean, that one, is, it's just, it's pure comedy up there on that January 6th one. But, hey, Janet, thanks for the call. Well, thank you. I'm sure glad. And I say, you know, Jesus will help him. So There you <laughs> go. There yeah, you go. Thank, thank you. you. Uh, yeah, I mean, that, that, that sentiment is, it's fair. It's, maybe that hasn't been published a lot, but if you're out there in the coffee shops and, you know, if you're going to a Husker football game, if it's football season, I mean, there's a lot of Nebraskans that kind of have question marks behind the whole Fortenberry deal. All right, L.A. Times. So, Second Amendment is upheld by the Supreme Court, and California and the L.A. Times rolls out with this. And what's interesting in this article, right, so the, the headline is, California ready for more black people to legally carry guns in public. Okay, let's do a little drive-time link in reverse engineering. The title probably should be, Is California Ready for More People to Legally Carry Guns in Public? Because the Constitution of the United States uh, doesn't see color. Um, frankly, it doesn't see race, religion, or anything. It's just a document that stands on its own, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Um, you know, God-given rights. Um, doesn't say which God, right? It's, it's religious freedom, and so it says, hey, the right to the people to bear arms. So, number one... There you go. Case solved. We don't need to talk about it anymore. No, I'm kidding. But so is the headline there for shock value? I don't know. Um, It's a really, really seriously racist leaning headline. If you look into the story, you know, it's interesting and interviews um, some black gun owners, obviously, in the L.A. area. And talks about, you know, um, this gentleman, Mr. Jones, I had visions of mobs dragging people through the streets and something just kind of switched. We can't rely on anybody else to come and save us. It has to be us. Um, Okay. That sentiment, right, applies to everybody, again, independent of color, race, religion, age, you know, depending on the situations you live in, what kind of area you're in, and what the heck's going on, right? I mean, we as human beings naturally want self-protection, right? We're we're an animal. We are going to go into fight or flight if we feel our life is in danger. Um, and, you know, that sentence 
directed towards this story is so applicable to all kinds of people around America, right? Depending on where you lived and what was going on. Obviously, there was some leanings towards, you know, in this article, George Floyd, and then, you know, the January 6th thing um, to, you know, kind of say, well, you know, here here's how I feel about it. But I think everybody at some point has felt that. And it is a reason why a lot of people do end up, you know, getting some firearm training and buying a firearm, you know, the just in case. Um, but nonetheless, that sentiment isn't special to any one category. You know, that is a pretty common sentiment. One of the things in the article, and again, I, I think if we ever can get to a point where we at minimum, see countrymen, right? But if even on a global scale, if we can just see human beings, a lot of this goes away. I had a Twitter conversation with a friend who's very, very educated, smart person, definitely Democrat in most thinkings on gun control. And listen, if everybody understood the value of human life, if everybody understood the unique nature of every individual on this planet and we really had a huge sanctity for life it would really really change the dynamics on human beings hurting other human beings whether that be by guns or whether that be by knives etc etc so that's one of the things we don't talk about a lot when we talk about violence right is Violence in any means, right, the degradation of human life and the sanctity of life and the, the, the wonderful thing that it is wherever you're born. Um, and so it starts to get twisted right from there. We certainly have devalued life um, in my lifetime in, in this country, no doubt about it. And that, that's not good. But another quote from Mr. Jones, I just can't agree with. He says... When we go to a gun range, which he's talking about a bunch of black members in his group, they go, he says, there's no overt racism when we go to the gun range, but we know how people are looking at us. We know the things that people think. Okay. I understand what he's saying, right? Because we all have some preconceived notions. You can't escape it, folks. And to not accept it is... You know, to be the ostrich putting your head in the sand. We do have preconceived things from where we're raised, what we grow up with, what we watch on TV, what we read. You get preconceived notions. That doesn't mean they're right, right? And and he's alluding to those. And that's fair. But the one thing I would take issue with is we know the things that people think. Actually, you don't. You don't know what people think. It's one of the greatest mysteries in life is somebody looks at you. Anybody that is married and been married for a long time knows what I'm saying. It's probably the person that you know the most on the planet. Yet, how many times in one day do you have miscommunications, both verbally, body language, eye contact, and yet you know them the most? Because you think you know what they think, and you don't. It happens all the time to people that spend 20 hours a day together. Think about it. How do we fix that? You know what we do? We go up 
And we ask them what they're thinking. We talk to them politely. We break through a barrier that is both naturally there as human beings. I always like to say the human animal, you know, which we're built for, you know, protection, fight or flight. It's built into our system. You know, we're always kind of hopefully, you know, a little bit head on a swivel because, you know, we don't want to die, folks. That's just the way it is. No animal does. So we have that. We also have societal things that are built into us, right, through circumstance, through, again, education, what we read, what we see, who we hang out with, influences. And we oftentimes make the false assumption that we know what people think. We don't. And so when you find yourself in that situation, the best thing to do is to politely approach people and ask them what they think. And you say to me, well, Oh, yeah, thanks for that lesson. How the heck, you know, do you have any experience in it? Well, all I can say is I've gone all around the world, and I've trained people in warfare. I've fought with people in warfare that I had nothing in common with from where we were born, how we were raised, what those influences were, what we, what we read, right, what our religion was, our countries were different. And we always were able to come to common ground and to break down barriers, and to go accomplish something together. Multiple continents, multiple countries. And you know how it's done? It's done by addressing essentially the elephant in the room. By talking. And asking, hey, you know, how's it going? What gun are you using, you know, at the range? Oh, you know. So you're saying- I'm using a Sig Sauer, you know, P3 320. Oh, hey, I, I've got a, you know, Colt 45. Oh, cool. You know, I've always wanted to see a Colt 45. Oh, great. You know, where do you live? Oh, I'm down here in South Central. Oh, where do you live? Oh, I'm, I'm up here in Inglewood. Oh, great. Geez, did you see? Like, folks, that's the beginning of a relationship. So you're saying communication can solve things? I am. I'm saying communication <laughs> can solve things. But I understand what Mr. Jones is saying there. And then the other thing in this article, and just drives me nuts, is uh, author references, uh, you know, the governor and lawmakers could fail in their efforts and the Supreme Court ruling could stand, meaning, you know, California is going to fight this Second Amendment thing. Crazy, right? Can you imagine? But California could be forced to confront a reality that has long made many self-proclaimed liberals uncomfortable. That's why I say, you know, it's an interesting article to have that title and then say self-proclaimed liberals uncomfortable. Black people, potentially a lot of us, legally carrying guns in public. Okay. Nobody should have a problem with that. It's a Second Amendment right. And... I get as they reference the Black Panther Party and different things that have happened in Oakland and L.A. over the years. But in the end of the day, right, Americans, the Constitution, the Second Amendment, like, it is what it is. We have the right to legally purchase firearms and in some places legally carry them, meaning with licenses or, you know, um, Concealed carry permits. And you get very educated. It just, man, the the race thing, and whoever wants to constantly play those cards, is not helpful for anyone. Right? Look at it, from my opinion, in my rant, from a whole of human being approach. 
a whole of world approach with the sanctity of life being the starting point. And right there is where we have really degraded, you know, at least in my lifetime, is the importance of every man, woman, and child on this planet and our uniqueness and our sanctity of life. No doubt about it. Well, clearly I ran over time, uh, wanted to talk about uh, the flood thing, but we always got tomorrow, um, without a doubt. Oh, Scotty, you've uh, you saved the day texting, bringing up uh, yesterday's thing. Um, Scotty, as well, questions all the committees we do here in the city. Yeah, I don't have a good answer for that right now, Scotty, other than to say um, I see value in multiple information flows. I see value in negotiations with stakeholders on things. Um, but as they appear to me, they appear to me in this city to be more just window dressing that really isn't informing on major topics that's representative of the people. Um, it's certainly not something that if, if I were mayor that I would be championing you know, for everything. There are some things, yes. 1,499.3-KLIN. You're getting the 411 from DTL with Commander Jack Riggins on 1,499.3-KLIN. All right, a couple minutes left here on Thursday. Uh, Nebraska Examiner has a nice article by uh, Aaron Sandiford. Flood's close win over Pansy Brooks shows Democrats motivated Republicans complacent. Um, don't know that I agree with that. I read his article. Um, I would say Democrats are motivated. I do agree with that. I, I've said it before, you know, conservatives right now, you know, at least in Lincoln, Lancaster County, there's some fractures. And I think that there's also some fractures across the state. The NEGOP is having a convention next week. I think some of those will be, um, you know, are going to help. Um, And he was looking at the numbers and I kind of broke down the numbers. But I think you have to remember, right, uh, even here in in Lancaster County, uh, a lot of huge wins for conservatives. Uh, leading up to this election last week with SCOTUS decisions. And so it's natural, right, that people are going to kind of take a sigh and and it's just natural human behavior, a sigh and take a breather and maybe not go out and vote. But the other thing is you have to look at it kind of county by county. And as I've said before, at least for conservatives here in Lancaster County, what I think in Lincoln and Lancaster County is, you know, we're set for a real good fight as we get to more local elections here, uh, because you do see conservatives out voting in the primary. And even in the special election, only three other elections beat the numbers of conservatives here in Lincoln and Lancaster County coming out. And I know there's been tremendous efforts by the Lincoln Lancaster County Republican Party to engage voters. And when you look at like the neighborhood captain program that they run, I mean, they get out to a thousand houses sometimes in a day. You have almost 65% respondents on different things. So I think conservatives are engaged here and growing, and they need to grow in a place like Lincoln and Lancaster County. Why? I mean, Pansy Brooks won here. Uh, Democrats do have a lead here. That's the way it is, you know? All right, we'll see you tomorrow, 1499.3 KLIN.